I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Send my corpse to Avanti West Coast, it's VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, Chris Scullion, and Ethan Lawrence. This week, the Last of Us TV show may have found its abbey, and Ethan Lawrence is taking over the BBC, but first, how are we doing folks? Ethan, welcome back. Uh, thank you very much for having me once again. You're welcome. Now that you're a big shot, big prime time boy, big BBC, as important to the BBC as Doctor Who... Um, do you have to take yourself more seriously now, or can you still make stupid jokes on this podcast? Uh, well, I'm here, aren't I? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> as, despite being a big BBC BBC One primetime hotshot, I'm mm-hmm. still fully. I still have the full autonomy. This is like when Obama went on jokes with you guys. Good. This is when, like, when Obama went on Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis. You know, this you is exactly Obama. the same as that, and the same fact thing. that. You have the personality of someone that would drone strike civilians. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing well now. Now that the barbs have started already. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm actually close to death, Jordan. But um, Good. I, I'm just tripping like a tripper. I'm. I'm. I'm carrying on. Like a mm. mild uh, chest pain has, has has got me all but convinced that it's time to renew the will. But um, it's all right. I'm doped up with um, various tablets and I'm ready to go. Look, all I'm going to say is don't rest with Dolph Ziggler because that's how you find yourself slumping at the commentary desk during this broadcast. And then the rest of the podcast will have to be done in silence. So, um, that in mind. can you ID that hoodie? Because it looks nice and we always it's, get comments uh, on your clothing. Jet Set Radio, I, I believe it's insert coin, but I'm mm. not entirely certain. I'm sure it is. Um, order a size up. Congratulations. From insert, from Congratulations on the second mortgage you took out to afford anything from a Thanks second coin. Um, always wait for the sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, if you wait for the sale, it's like, oh, do you want PlayStation pajama trousers that are an extra small or 5XL? Yeah. It's like, or do, well, you want that, do you want that Yakuza jacket that you would never wear in public because you get knifed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here, to be fair, I have a very nice uh, PlayStation bomber jacket, which I believe is from Insert Coin. It might have been from PlayStation themselves, but. And it's I one do, of the few I, things in this life like, I actually paid for. So I do like the, the vast majority of their stuff. To be fair, it's just oh, yeah, like, I, I, I've like um, I've just got normal person's wages. So I just this is a, many of it. Come on, mate. We're games journalists. We're paid fucking well, exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's um, what I meant. They yeah. they, <laughs> they recently put out. This isn't an advert for insert coin, although it could be if you want to. Um, they recently put out big God of War Ragnarok like uh, blankets that are like tapestries that look really nice. Anyway. Mm not sponsored not sponsored uh advertising standards agency um ethan very briefly we'll talk about it later but why have you darkened our door this week of all weeks uh i've come here to use your platform to promote mm-hmm. myself good uh, good 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 sort of a parasitic relationship that we have <laughs> uh essentially i've got a bbc one primetime drama coming out this sunday and uh i'm shitting myself over it it's probably the most exciting thing i've ever been in 
uh, Sunday at 9 p.m. Boat Story on BBC One. On the the BBC One, Jesus. The proper one. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I never thought they'd be remaking Rosie and Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I play Rosie. Um, <laughs> but no, what it's, is, uh, what it's, was uh, the synopsis, please? Uh, it's a story about a boat. Good. Um, that's all you need. And the TikTok generation, that's all I need to I need to know. Flick onto this video. Did you know this boat? And then that's it. But yeah, it's a, it's it's a sort of crime drama thing. Um, Daisy Haggard and Patterson Joseph find a boat that's full of cocaine. And they decide to try and fence it, and then hilarity ensues. Mm. Um, I play a, 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 a bumbling police officer, uh, as you can nice. imagine, because why not? Uh, but yeah, boat story. It starts on Sunday at uh, nine PM on BBC One. Then it's on Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday, and it also drops in its entirety on iPlayer. Uh, so check it out, mate. I, I actually will. Patterson Joseph, just... as in as in Peep Show's Patterson Joseph. I just I just looked this up. The very same. Mr. Alan Johnson himself. I'm, I, I, I don't know how you could... Uh, see, that's the thing about you being an actor. You would... Wait. Sorry, I'm literally just going through the Wikipedia on this. Joanna Scanlon's in it as well. Yeah, she plays my mum. Terry Coverley from the thick of it plays your mum? Oh, mate. This is, this is, this <laughs> is the first time Jordan's <laughs> ever been excited about anything I've done. And, and it, also, it also sounds like the worst playground insult as well. <laughs> your mum is Terry Coverley. Um... <laughs> Anyway. This is the second time in my career that Joe Scammon's played my mum. She is typecast in that regard. Mate, I might, I might get you to send her a wee DVD to sign. Anyway, this is a video game podcast. Let's talk about uh, British actors later on in this this programme. Story number one, and one that will cause no problems to anyone on this earth, especially if you've got an AI profile picture. Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 lead the Game Award 2023 nominations. Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2 are both up for eight prizes ahead of Marvel's Spider-Man 2, which is up for seven awards. Uh, all three are up for Game of the Year alongside Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Before we get into uh, the highlights from the full list, Chris Scullion, the hot oh. button topic, not that one, the other one, should Resident Evil 4 be eligible for the Game of the Year, considering it is a dirty remake? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a it's a remake, sure, but it's like it's it's not like a remastered. I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't want to get into this again because it's something that Andy brings up quite a lot. Like, what's a remake and what's a remaster? But it's clearly not just the original game with upscaled textures. Like it has been rebuilt. Um, so I, I think it counts again um, as as legitimate. Um, I, I suppose an argument to be made that other games could be in there instead of it. But it's certainly a good game, and I don't begrudge it uh, being being added to the list. Here's the thing: I think the things that make Resident Evil Four worthy of this list weren't present in the original. So the changes to gameplay, how good it looks, like the little bits and pieces that they've done, it's not just a straight. It's not like that Super Mario RPG that they've just put out, where it's like straight up fresh coat of paint. If that had been nominated, I think that would have been a bit of a piss take. Um, but I think. People are going to get emotional about it because it's an older, it's a, it's a remake, and in a year where games like Street Fighter Six missed out and Diablo Four missed out and like a few a few other big hitters, um, it's a bit unfortunate. Ethan, do you do you distinguish between a remake and a remaster? Do you think this belongs on a list of the best games of twenty twenty three? I think well, to, for the remake remaster one, I think you've nailed it perfectly with the Super Mario RPG and the discussion about that. It's clear playing Resident Evil Four. It's it's not the same game. I mean, it is the same game, but it's not the same game. Yeah, like you know, it's it's 
I, you know, everyone loves the original Resident Evil 4. I, I, I don't think you'll find a gamer of any age who, you know, at least from that period, who wouldn't cite it as one of the best for the PS2 or the GameCube or whatever they played it on. Uh, as for, should it be eligible for an award? I'm, I'm with Scullion. Why not? Like, it's, yeah. it's a good game. Like, there doesn't seem to be any harm. And like, in terms of, in terms of cultural impact, like, you know, Capcom have been on such a, such a run of it recently, especially with uh, what they've been doing with Resident Evil. It's nice for them to get that nod. I mean, is it going to win? Probably not, but you know, it's nice to see it represented there. Imagine it did. Imagine it. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute shit show. Then I think some people might be justified in being a little cross. (laughs) Just a wee bit. I think it'll be I think it'll be a bit of a stalking horse to be honest in this um in this list. Like full disclosure, VGC is part of the <clears throat> the, the voting jury because we're a very important outlet and people care about what um Big JJM thinks. I think based on the the game of the year list, which is Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Mario Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom, I think basically all night you will hear the words Baldur's Gate 3 over and over and over again, apart from in a couple categories where you'll hear the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I think this is going to be an Alan Wake 2 robbery. I think it will win in certain, like, um, like kind of uh, sub-categories. Uh, like, maybe it will get narrative. It should get scoring music. It should get... At, a same, at the same time, Alan Wake 2 is a very journalist game. And uh, like it seems to be one of those games that a lot of people like to champion. And given that a lot of the jury, not all the jury, but a, a decent chunk of the jury is made up of the game's media, I think Alan Wake might actually do quite well. Because it's one of those ones that um, the press sometimes like to kind of champion and go, this is yeah. the game, this is the game. So it might actually do okay. I've heard certainly heard more of them talking about that than Baldur's Gate, but I appreciate that Baldur's Gate has also got a pretty hardcore following as well. And Alan Wake, we were all reviewing it the week that we had to put our nominations in. So I think that's also a reason why it did it incredibly yeah. well. Yeah. I think we'll all agree that the real controversy is Max Demon 1 Mazanoff being nominated for Best Esports Athlete. <laughs> Look, I wasn't going to bring it up because I thought it was a, a bit of a, a, a tenuous. Uh, I thought it was a bit of a, a tense situation going on, but um, in in a world where Quackity is nominated for Content Creator of the Year, you're telling me you're backing Quackity? Um, I'm I'm just more surprised that JD Gaming has been nominated for Best Esports Team. Um, I, obviously, moving on from the JD Sports range, they've had a terrible year. They've had a relegation battle. They're getting Big Salmon, and they're getting nominated best best esports team. I personally hope that um, Paco Hydra uh, Rusi wise uh, wins. This is, is going to get me into trouble <laughs> from the kids. What is best best esports coach? What's it? It's the guys that stand behind the Valorant players and go, "Let's go, bro! You shot him in the head. Let's go! Shoot that guy in the head! Shoot that guy in the!" I don't know why it's like a, a GTA three <laughs> NPC. Yeah, mob, the mob boss. Um, I just, I, I, this is my ignorance shown, and I'm, I'm I'm not like pretending to be above it, but like I don't understand what an esports coach actually does. Also, all these teams sound like they're part of the XFL. Who's 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 the Florida Mayhem? Is does he hate me play for the Florida Mayhem? Um yes, this is the only one of these categories that matters to me is content creator of the year, and I hope people make games, aka young Chris Bratt wins, because he deserves it. He's a good boy and he does more actual journalism than a lot of these actual journalists kicking about. Um Ethan, this award show is typically about three and a half hours long. We know because we have to sit and watch it for the, the news of Hideo Kojima's new tra- trainers or whatever. What do you think of the Game Awards generally? How could they be improved? And what do they do right? Because I feel like they get slagged a lot. I think Keely does 
a better job than anyone else in his position would be doing than I. Oh well, I, I always enjoy the uh, the coverage from Video Games Chronicle after Thank the you. fact because I'm not I'm not watching that shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's too long. No, it's you, you are right. I mean, like you know, for all for all that you can throw at Jeff Keighley, he's like he's a he's a one man marketing machine for the video games industry, and like you know, it it shows in the fact that so many companies are willing to work with him to you know for 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 the game awards to be the game adverts mm. and you know that that's that's not nothing like you know where wherever you think of it it's you know it's a it's a pretty big coup uh i mean you know this is very much i mean i did an uh, analogy about it the other day i wasn't really sure about it but like you know the game awards feels like the oscars to the golden joysticks golden globes and i do i do sort of wonder if the parallel works in terms of who wins as well because the mm. golden joysticks, I think, will probably be a good, a good, a good sort of sense of where it's all going to land. I mean, you know, obviously that was a Baldur's Gate three sweep, uh, and I'm, I'm with you, Jordan. I do think it's going to be Alan Wake to Erasure, uh, yeah. but for a game that, to be fair, was very good, Baldur's Gate three, yeah, it's very good apart from that combat system, which is absolute dug meat. But apart oh well, we've that, spoken about that, and you, you lack the skill. That's your problem. I don't. I just give me an AK forty seven, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I always think people moan about Keely, right? But see, if he was to disappear off the face of the earth and someone else was to take it up, it would be a decade before he even got to Keely level. It'd be the first couple of shows would be so embarrassing. One thing though, he better have a proper security team. I was going to say they need to put an electric yeah, fence around that. the around the stage. <laughs> Didn't you give him an AK forty seven? Because honestly, man, it's it's getting scary. Like when that we when that we that we uh, bill clinton donny came up it was like funny and a meme and stuff like that but when two like grown guys jump up on stage next to him it's that's uh, it's that's no good it's like it's bad that it keeps happening yeah like, you know one you could sort of you could phase off as a mistake but two you're getting dangerously close to a pattern there yeah you would have thought after the first one it would have been like right we need to make sure like get first thing but we start the planning for the next one before we do anything lads Let's get the security sorted because yeah. we all know what happened last time. So for it to happen again has to be concerning because it's like, so now what? Because <laughs> that's twice now. They also need to do the thing, they need to start doing the thing the WWE does where if someone that's not meant to be on screen comes on screen, they just cut to the crowd or they cut to something else. Like they, every time it's happened, there's been like this long extended shot of it and that's how it becomes yeah. like a, a big thing. But um, maybe we should just put Jeff Keighley in a, in a bubble wrap tuxedo. That'll probably fix it. Here he hey, always dresses that's well. That's a moment for the internet, isn't it? I love internet moments. That's that's a TikTokable moment, bro. Absolutely, that is grist for the content mill, lads. Yeah. Um, the Game Awards are on December seventh. Uh, this isn't a, an actual full story, but Larian Baldur's Gate three makers um, tweeted that they'll have a world premiere of when they announce the when the release date is for Baldur's Gate three at the Game Awards. One hundred pound. It's available now on oh, Xbox. The Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. One hundred pound. It's it's the end of this show. It's ready to go. However, Jeff, if you're listening, you've appeared on this podcast, so and you've got no much to be doing now. So give us a Hades two early access available now, mirroring the release of the original Hades, because it's been a year since it was announced, and no much has been said about it. So I cannot wait for Hades two. Yeah. I am so excited. That's a proper game, man. That's a game for the boys. Uh, oh, yeah. La- oh, yeah. Last oh. year, the announcements were actually pretty big. Death Stranding 2, which um, obviously he's Bezzy's with Kojima, so I wouldn't be surprised if we got a new trailer for that. And that's maybe like a late next year game or something. Ken Levine's new game, Judas, which um, is. <laughs> someone pointed out on Twitter that uh, 
since uh, since Bioshock Infinite came out before GTA 5, we got news on <laughs> GTA 6 before we got to actually play Ken Levine's game following up Bioshock Infinite. Um, yeah. Uh, we also got Hades 2, that Bayonetta prequel, and Armored Core 6. So the, the standard of uh, announcements is pretty big. Also, I feel like while early 2024 is pretty stacked, late 2024 is a wee bit empty. Do you, are you expecting that tier of announcement, Chris? Or is it kind of one big, a couple of small, two yeah. big? I think yeah. one big, a couple of small. I, don't, I think this year's been ridiculous. And and there will be more. I, I know like the, the, the back half of 2024 looks pretty dead just now, but we're going to get lots of stuff. Kinda. There'll be announcements at the start of next year, I would imagine. Um, this year was an anomaly because everyone was catch up after COVID, so we just got like three years worth of games in one <laughs> in one uh, three month period. Um, so I think I'll go back. Yeah, you know, you'll get a big one in a couple. Of, like Keely, I notice has been kind of trying to temper expectations again, but he does that every time. I think he just he knows the script by now that um, the, 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 he's going to get abuse no matter what. Like they can announce every big game imaginable, and you'll still get someone going what. No, yeah. Doom Six, and so so we'll see. Like whether I think there'll be a couple of decent announcements. I'm not expecting E3, but I think it'll be fine. Me too. I think it'll be it'll be solid. I I expect. I mean, he's got the pool. He generally gets everyone on there. To, as long as there's to, like um, forty minutes worth of musical performances, I'm happy. I swear to God, right? This isn't a spoiler for Alan Wake Two, but there is a part. There is a musical performance in that uh, game. That would be that would fit so perfectly on the Game Awards stage, and I'd be shocked if he hasn't got the actual band who are featured in live action in the the game to play it. Um, and if he does, uh, I'll take full credit for it because I tweeted it uh, at embargo break because you know that's what we do. It's like the old days when I used to get um, platinum trophies before games were coming out, and I'd sync them to PSN profiles straight away, so I would have it first, and people would comment like, "How have you got the game? How have you got the game?" Journalist privilege, mate. Journalist privilege. Um, Drunk with power. <laughs> not just with power brother story number two the last of us season two may have cast its abby uh, according to a report from entertainment reporter jeff schneider he claims that caitlin deaver is in talks to take on the role of the character if you're not aware caitlin deaver was in um book smart which is a fantastic film and no one which will you obviously haven't seen because you don't watch films i love book smart i've seen book smart like five oh, here times we go. Yeah, oh, so we've seen one film book smart is a tremendous film book love smart, book smart. Pro. that 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 tier of film I'll, I'll happily sit through funny good <laughs> funny <laughs> it takes all my it takes all my boxes um, how are you how are you about uh dramas with boats in them oh i love them mate <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've, fair, I've, for you. I've literally never seen Titanic especially so. in sort of like a bingeable form as we mm. head into the winter the binge months. ones are the best ones mm. I've found binging, yeah. binging about barges binging boats I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm always up for a barge binge I'm always up for a barge binge Scullion's a big binge eater um, yeah, like, that's why I'm the, the doctors this week <laughs> My chest is compressed. I know, that's why I've got an elephant on my chest right this oh, minute. They can't stop eating wham bars. Earlier this year, Neil Druckmann told The Hollywood Reporter that Deaver was one of dozens and dozens of actors who'd auditioned for the role of Ellie in this show's first season and got as far as doing a table read. I could also see her as um, Ellie. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so Caitlin Deaver potentially cast as Abby. Here's the thing. Caitlin Deaver, brilliant actress. Uh, I think that'd be a solid choice. However, she's no built. I feel like for Abby, you need someone that's built like fucking Rhea Ripley or someone like that. Like w- w- Ethan, when casting Abby and Tilo too, 
do you do you stick really close to how built she is is that important for like the physical dynamic between her and ellie or do you have about a license especially because um uh, what's her face bella what's her second name the last of the place ramsey bella ramsey yeah she's like quite small she's so yeah what do you think about this well first of all i'm disappointed once again to have been passed over for the role uh you know i really i really did try i got quite deep into the yeah did process. you get to the but, you know, these things happen uh i think i mean you've got enough creative license because this is not this is this is real life this is not a video game so what? all you would all you would need to do really is you know she doesn't have to be absolutely stacked i mean i like your idea of rhea ripley doing it that's 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 cool but um and a big dirty australian accent oh yeah oh, <laughs> ellie <laughs> Yeah, I got that. Um, no, I'd, um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to go. You, I mean, obviously, she can spend some time working out down the gym to get yeah. know, toned and looking good. Like, you know, th- th- this is a huge show with a lot of money. Like, you know, they can get whatever dietitians. They, they can afford trainers. steroids. They can afford. Yeah, I mean, you know, just some, some steroid injections and just feed her on a diet of, like, twigs and pebbles. And, you know, she'll, <laughs> she'll get there. Uh, I think, you know, you don't need to do... The, the screen when it, it, it's easy to hide things on screen like you know camera angles could even do it so i think just a, a l- little bit of work just to get some tone on there and then you, you you've got the dynamic there already because like you said bella ramsey's quite quite small anyway so you don't need to do huge amounts i think she's gonna be very good in the role i think it's uh i think it's an exciting pick yeah yeah me me too um i always thought florence Pugh was was who i would like but she's like I say maybe too big for it, but Pedro Pascal is massive, and he's apparently Mister Fantastic now. So it's a it's a weird situation. Um, but was, I was Pedro very disappointed was, to be passed over for Mister Fantastic as well? Yeah. Was Was Pedro Pastel, uh, Pascal like big, big, big guns when he first signed up? Though well, I know he done Mandalorian, but yeah. but it wasn't. He didn't really see his face much. I was about to say that could be anybody. Yeah. That could be Johnny Benface. Yeah. Although I, I I did look this up because I was curious. He is often actually in the suit, which is fair enough because you, you would. You wouldn't, for, you wouldn't blame him for just being like, well, it doesn't matter. I can just record it on my it's phone. Like, it always makes me laugh when people, when you're, you're horror fans, of which I count myself, um, always go on about who was the best Jason. <laughs> and it's like, mate. <laughs> and it's like, I get it. Like some of them have like different movements, but it's like, that could be anyone, mate. Like you, you don't, you don't. Big, really big lad in a sack. I know. Big, big giant guy with a mask on. Jumped on. <laughs> I could have been Jason at some point. I was disappointed to be passed over for the role. <laughs> um, so, Caitlin this Bieber... tubby hockey mask guy running around. That'd be terrifying. I've been um, stopped for an asthma attack. Caitlin Deaver is five foot one in real life, and in the game, Abby is five foot nine. So that's a pretty big difference. Um, big platform shoes, like, like they yeah. used to put on The Undertaker. <laughs> um, look, they, they, made, they did this with Tom Cruise and Jack Reacher. Like, you know, this... These are all things that can be worked around. Uh, Bella Ramsey is like maybe one inch shorter than. Uh, yeah, they should they just just shoot it from a massively high angle. Have Bella Ramsey on her knees, like we are we are shoes attached to our knees, and be like, look how small I am. Um, or just like have Abby project strong. Yeah, like you know, you you got creative license. I think they're going to be fine. Honestly, yeah. I think given the reception of the Last of Us or first series, I think. They've got they've got a bit of wiggle room. I agree. I think um, people really like the show, and I think they'll go along with it. The the only so in the Last of Us, it depends how far they get into season two in terms of uh, like how far into the story of the game. But Ian Alexander, who plays Lev in the in the game, 
wants to play um live in the the show and um it's a weird situation because obviously because of the length of time it takes for games to be made when this was uh when the game was motion captured and they were modeled they were much younger than they are now like they're they're like a, a i can't they look about 20 or something like that and in the game they're meant to be like 11 or 12 so mm-hmm. um ethan uh, you have experience as an old man playing a, a teenager how how do how would you impart wisdom to them for this uh just uh whenever someone's talking to you just make your eyes really big uh mm. slight, slightly raise the uh the pitch of your voice yeah and uh it helps as well if like me you have a baby's face on a man's body so at which point just just shave shave your beard and then you're away that's, that's just, that just, baby's just like, face back it's just like an episode of inside the actor's studio yeah. <laughs> 13 years i've been able to keep the charade up <laughs> Oh, speaking of absolute charades, story number three, Wonder Woman job listing suggests it could be, everybody say it together, live service game! As spotted by WCCF Tech. I've never known how to actually say that. Um, oh, I think it's Wikikifitech. <laughs> as spotted by Wikikifitech, a new job ad lists for a lead software engineer dash gameplay at Monolith, who are making the Wonder Woman game. Quote, Join the Wonder Woman team and help bring the iconic DC superhero to life. Um, the listing uh, looks for experience with helping maintain a live software or product. Obviously, this comes in the wake and uh, of big content destroyer of Eater of Worlds, David Zaslav, saying, see all these properties, see your Harry Potters, your Game of Thrones as your DCs. They should all be billion dollar games on their own. Um, so it made people worry that this would be a Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League level of here's your battle pass plus three to your truth your truth rope whatever Wonder Woman has I don't know that's um, a truth rope that was truth it truth rope I remember that from the film <laughs> however <laughs> there is a world in which this isn't terrible because some single player games can incorporate live service elements like new, new content and updating guns and it's not five battle passes and it's not doing your dailies chris um Mm -hmm. are you a cynical man do you think this is going to be uh one of the bad ones yes i I, am i'm a cynical man um i wouldn't have been so concerned had um your man not been given it given it the big in uh last week about it and that that kind of then big davy Mm, the big big daisy zavslav the big the big zavster um (laughs) after after seeing that i was like "Mm, okay it's weird because it doesn't feel like it feels like they could I hope there's time to change their mind if there's backlash to this story because if, certainly if they're if they're it's still employing people, especially in a role like lead software engineer, you've got to imagine the game's maybe not still not massively far along at this stage. Um, even though they announced it like a couple of years ago now, but it's it, it, this could have been a, a one that they could have released with nothing, with no live service stuff to get a, a bit of kind of good. Um, get back in people's good books again before yeah. they then hit you with another one. Um, so that uh, you feel like they're missing a trick here if if it does end up being live service because nobody cares that much about Wonder Woman. They'll, they'll play it and they'll buy it and play through it, but nobody's going to commit to six months of Wonder Woman content coming back on uh, to get a, a different coloured lasso, or yeah. lasso, or whatever. Um, but um, truth rope, truth rope. Truth sorry, rope. sorry. Um, my 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 bigger gripe is that I think Monolith Productions and Monolith Soft should get together and one of them agree to change their name. Because it's too confusing. Because every time I see Monolith Productions, I think Xenoblade, even though yeah. So they need to sort that out. That's more pressing to me 
then rename the company. Then then um, live service stuff on a game I won't play. <laughs> the 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 worry for me, well, I think they might see have seen the reaction to Suicide Squad and had went, oh no, we cannot we cannot show this game at a state of play and it have the big glowing purple orbs on everything and like it has to be kind of that single player experience that people want, like the 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 spiritual. Uh, the spiritual nous of the Arkham series has just been completely lost by all this crap that they've done in the interim. Um, Ethan, are you expecting? Do you expect companies to see the the tea leaves in terms of how sour the gaming kind of audience is about live service and try and pivot, or are they going to they, they don't back down the double down? I mean, not if it's David Zaslav. Yeah, like you know, I mean, just just I think it was either yesterday or the day before. Uh, he admitted that the WGA strikes, that everything they wanted was absolutely correct. And yet he still stood against it. He is, look, I, I, I don't like to wish ill on, on people. I really don't. Here we go. I, Here I, it is. I do hope that someone pushes David Zaslav into a puddle. Off a, a puddle of? Because, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, this is, I'm with Chris. This is going to be a big box live service game. And it will come out. It probably won't be finished by the time it goes out. Uh, it will be a buggy mess. Everyone will play it. And then there'll be some very contemplative post-mortems on YouTube as people talk about it. And then What went say, wrong with Wonder Woman? <laughs> and then like four months down the line, uh, they'll say, oh yeah, you know that roadmap? Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. We're going to be shutting this down uh, in a couple of months. And then the world will keep turning. Here's, and it's yeah. a shame that that's what games is now. Here's the thing I don't get, right? Maybe I'm hoping that we're we're all wrong about this and it won't be like because I don't understand how you can live service a game like Wonder Woman. It's it's got one character, like no, you, you, I don't see that having multiplayer. Um, I don't understand what there is to unlock other than new outfits and maybe like extra story content. I, I don't see people committing to if it ends up being single player only. Have there have there been many single player games with season pass content that's that's lasted that's for decent. a reasonable yeah. length of time? It's like I, I don't know. I don't see how they could live service it. That's the thing that confuses me. Yeah, I suppose in the in the last uh, generation, it felt like if you if you bought a sing, uh, single player game deluxe edition that had the season pass, it meant you were getting like three or four actual DLCs, yeah. a couple of missions or something, but not just new kind of generic stuff. Um, I don't know how these companies that are making superhero games don't look at the massive success of Spider-Man 1 and 2 and be like, okay, that's actually what we need to do. Like, obviously not everyone's insomniac, and I'm not saying that people can put out games like with that rapidity, but big single-player game, um, like, mass appeal, has got the fan service in there without needing to read 500 comics. Like, that's if that was what Wonder Woman was, and it was, like good and monolith are a good studio they can make a good game uh, the the monolith in canada chris not the monolith oh, in Japan. Okay, yes, sure. um but this is the problem because like for a lot of companies now it's not about creating a good game experience but it's about recurrent user spending mm. and like you know that's that that's the whole reason the game's designed from the ground up like there's no also to, oh, I, I meant to mention this when i was reading the article there was a little bit at the end that made me genuinely furious. Here we go. Yes. Which is that the new Wonder Woman game is using the Nemesis system. Yeah. From Shadow of War games. Piss off <laughs> with that. Go on. Oh my God. Just the fact that they have the copyright to that idea 
Oh, it's such a good idea. Let other people use it. I think that's funny as fuck. That's like the funniest thing they could possibly do. Is like put, put this legendary like... mechanic in this mid ass live service game. Yeah, well, 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 you've got the corkscrew in my hand. You might as well give it a twist, mightn't you? <laughs> uh, I wonder if that would ever stand up in court. Like if someone just did it and, and they, they tried to they tried to take them to court, like is imagine the bad PR that that would that would like rain down on on I suppose Zaslav kind of get worse. He's like proper WCW at this point. But then you, you know, like you just say, it's not called the Nemesis system; it's called yeah. the Enemy system, and it's you know, it's completely different. I want like so. I played a bit of uh, Shadow of Mordor on a plane last year, and the Nemesis system is still really good, and it's still yeah. it's still one of these things that you can't quite see the the inner workings. Like you play enough games, and even great mechanics, you can see how they work under the hood. But there's still a wee bit of magic to it. Like you're just like, oh, I, I'm I, in the middle of the battle. I never and played the camera it. But, swings around like I never played it, but I see a lot of people go on about it. Is it is it really just no more than you batter somebody and they go, I'll remember you, and then like they come back like later in the game and you go, remember me. Kind of, but it seems to be more reactive than that. Like it's just it, it seems so organic. And I, I, like like with Jordan said, I, I don't know how much work went in behind the scenes and how much, you know, voice acting and everything like that and everything that went into it. But it just feels so organic. Mm. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it'll be, some of them will reference how you killed them the last time. And there's like certain, they all have uh, like fears and stuff like that. So if one of them fear, fear a bees or something stupid like that and you killed them with bees, they'll come back and be like, there's no bees around here for you to kill me with this time, man, filth. So, so just, when what happens at Wonder Woman, the guy will turn up and go, oh, I look who it is. Heard that hurt me in the arse with the truth rope. <laughs> <laughs> you may have shot me in the head with a, with a purple shotgun with plus 10 attack damage, but now I am back. But now I've, now I've got a pistol with plus 12 green damage. So get it up, you Wonder Woman. <laughs> get it up, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We should make the game. We should, we should <laughs> be game developers. Yeah. This um, is easy. <laughs> uh, more reasons why we should be game developers after this break. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And we are back with uh, VGC's 30 Under 30 winners, Chris Scullion and Ethan Lawrence. Story number. <laughs> for, for me, is that... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm, not getting, I'm not getting into 30 under 30 again that, that just winds me up because I'm 40 uh, now and I've got no chance look I've only got about two years left and if, I can only assume that if I don't get it it'll be personal and I won't blame them you get Next in the story. eight under eight feet yeah <laughs> 
Tiffany and Co. releasing a line of Pokemon jewelry costing up to £29,000. This will be a fun invoice. Um, the new line is a collaboration with contemporary artist Daniel Arsham, who... Oh, Big Danny's doing it! Big Danny's on it. He's, he's, like, he's moving up in the world since um, doing Menchies on the side of 61 buses. Um, they worked with Tiffany & Co. in the past. It consists of nine pieces, each of which uh, contains a pendant shaped like a Pokemon. Uh, Charmander, Squirtle, Jigglypuff, Q... Oh, no, there's a fucking Cubone one. My partner absolutely loves Cubone. She has a Cubone tattoo. Right, I'm in trouble here. That's uh, one of the cheaper ones, I think. Though. I think you might be yeah, right. Absolutely, I've got a grand. Oxidized sterling silver pendants with diamond accents. What's a di- Chris? Give me a diamond accent. All right, mate. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I try a diamond geezer accent. I thought you were wrong. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Pikachu pendant, meanwhile, is made of eighteen karat yellow gold with diamond accents. Comes in two sizes. A small Pikachu costs uh, one point five million yen, roughly ten grand. The larger one is uh, four point seven million yen, roughly twenty nine grand the best thing about this is they come in absolutely brilliant wee tiffany colored pokeballs mm. um which i think look really nice i wish they sold them on their own because i would get one of them did you know that tiffany have a copyright over that specific color is that what I, get... it's weird because they call it a tiffany blue pokeballs yeah. tiffany blues I, 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 did you also know this is the, this go. is the game boy encyclopedia knowledge coming in you know my wee fact boxes did you know yeah. that um, in the 90s, Barbie tried to trademark, uh, Mattel tried to trademark Barbie Pink, uh, but never actually successfully did it. So a lot of the games say at the start that Barbie Pink is a trademark, but it isn't. So, <laughs> that is actually interesting. There you go. Look at that. That's a reason to buy those books. <laughs> exactly. Where can, where, can we, where can we get that book? All, uh, all, all bookshops, good and bad. All bookshops. Okay. Um, so apparently, if anyone's wondering what the diamond accents look like on these on these pendants, it basically looks like battle damage. <laughs> It looks like it looks like it looks like they're made of diamond, and then they've got like a fleshy layer put over them, like a T eight hundred. And somebody's hit them with like a scatter shotgun, and like bits of their flesh have peeled off, and there's diamond underneath. That's basically what they look like. Mm. Um, Ethan, what's the most you've ever spent on jewelry? Uh, with Fiverr. Right. I'm not a jewelry guy. Uh, it's, no, I'm, I'm I'm not a, I'm not an accessories guy. I'm I'm very. Yeah. Very straight down the line with those sorts of things. Just you know, it's an honest, it's an honest trait. Things, you know it's an mean? honest trait. You know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got. I think I've told this. I've told this story before, but I've got. Um, I have three pairs of identical black trousers that I wear on rotation. That's, oh mate, I've got the same. I do the same with jeans. If I find yeah. a pair I like, I just I just double up the order because then uh, that's that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I've got I've got no flair. That's my problem. Well, mm. <laughs> what do you walk on, um, Chris? <laughs> That's poor. <laughs> Chris, you've got a lot of so- you've got a lot of sovereign rings for your time at the Orange Lodge. I do. Um, how often do you wear them? <laughs> I do exactly. Anytime you punch someone's face, you can like just read their history on their forehead. Um, yeah, if you know your history, very good. Um, no, I'm, I'm not very much. I'm not really a jewelry guy either. I'd, I'd spend all my money on just constant uh, branded t-shirts and jumpers. Good. Um, um, speaking of branded t-shirts and jumpers, Pokemon have really. Um, they're really making their money this week. Last night, I got an email saying that they've done a collaboration with APC, which is like a um, a, a clothing company for the States, and for a denim jacket uh, with uh, a wee Pikachu on it, it's £280, and it's already sold out. Can they not just do a collaboration <laughs> with Elizabeth Duke or like Georgia Asda, just to, 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 give, uh, to give somebody as a chance? Like They did it with Uniqlo for a while, and that was good because it was yeah. reasonably affordable. Um, but yeah, that, that Zavi stuff's okay, isn't it's it? It's not bad, but but yeah. like, even then, like Xavier, chances as well. 
Uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 but they, they always do that. Like, here's a t-shirt for 20 quid. And then they go, here's a deal. 17 quid. And like, mm. um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would just yeah. like, I would like some cheap. And to be fair, like if you're, a, if you're a child, there's plenty of cheap Pokemon merchandise. It's just not a lot for the adults. Yeah, the, the stuff that's, um, some of the, their own stuff on the Pokemon Center is uh, quite nice. I got a little chunk hat the other day, which I was very, very happy with. Keeps my big head warm. I've got um, a question for you, Jordan, about this. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a quote from Arsham who said, um, uh, with my latest project with Tiffany, we've recontextualized Pokemon. What do you say to that? Uh, no, you haven't. Thanks. <laughs> I'll, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking to myself, you know, I could I could stick my dick in a can of baked beans and recontextualize breakfast. It doesn't change anything. It's I just, I'll, I'll, I'll take two. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I thought you were going to say which Pokemon you'd like to stick your dick in, but we all know it's Gardevoir. Um, <laughs> this week... I've been playing. Let me get it out. Let me get it out. It's it's sheath um, for visual for visual people. I've been playing the PlayStation Portal. Chris Scullion's PlayStation Portal. Wow, um, tripe. It looks shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a fun bit. I'll do. I'll just charge up. <laughs> we have a, a, a long review discussion with my good pal and protege Aaron Bain on the YouTube channel. You can go and watch um, this product has seemed to uh, send people into uh lead paint fumes based uh tizzy um people seem to be harboring under the idea that uh the the this jim ryan army is going to come to your door and demand 200 pounds from you and force you to buy this it's a remote player it's a fancy way to do remote play something you can do on other devices but if you want to do it on this god bless you chris why has this caused um a, a a shit storm on twitter because people are unreasonable and we we know this like if, if if sony does something daft xbox fans will go to ridiculous extents um, lovely people and, reasonable, and, lovely, and if people. xbox do something daft playstation fanboys just go over the top ridiculous i'm of the middle ground where i i don't get it so that's mm-hmm. as far as i go i don't get it. i don't hate it i'm not asking for it to be banned I just don't want it, and I will never want it, and it will never set foot in my house. Maybe because it doesn't have feet. To be fair, but <laughs> it would darken my door. No, I mean, it's just, it's like even if they were selling it, if <laughs> like my dad used to say at any time, um, Scotland was playing. They say if they were playing at my back garden, I'd shut the curtains. If someone was giving me one, I wouldn't take it. I just I've got no. I've got no use for it. You're a Zero use for it. I've got zero use for it. Ethan, the PSP thoughts. PSP, it's uh, you know that was a good console, little nice little handheld. Mm-hmm. As for this, gives a shit. Like, it's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a cost of there's a cost of living crisis going on, and they're selling this tap. Oh fuck <laughs> the cost of living crisis! That's a woke rumor. Um, you got it for free, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a pro- I'm a professional. I deserve it. Um, deserve. He, here's the no, thing. These things that people deserve. Let's talk about that. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's gonna be, he's, he genuinely BGC is going to get an invoice for that stupid Pokemon Tiffany perfume. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, better believe. Not just that. Um, here's the thing. Yes, it is a for a lot of people. It is a who cares? I can't use it. What's the point? Situation. Agreed. If you if you have a TV that you're the master and commander of that you can just play whenever you want and you have a setup, fine. However, even just in the day since it's been out, I've seen a lot of people being like, my partner's watching some shit on the telly. And I'm playing this, and it's good. 
and yeah, I know that like it's, some... it's, it's great because I don't have a phone it's, uh, it's, it's, it's mate, the best I don't ever. like doing stuff like that on my phone not least because I've dropped it so much that it's absolute crack city but no it's very he's run out of words he's got nothing he can't defend this. I wrote like a thousand words about it mate it's a very <laughs> slick piece of hardware in the same way that the, it's exactly like the PlayStation VR 2 it's a from a hardware perspective another piece of tat that I'm not gonna buy <laughs> But from a hardware perspective, you can't you can't talk shit about it because it's very well made. I, I don't, Sony I don't, can make I don't really doubt, nice hardware. I don't doubt the quality and, of it. It looks like a premium product, and I don't uh-huh. doubt that that two hundred pound is going to two hundred pounds worth of 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 product. It's, I don't think it's a, a rip off or anything. I think it for what it does and for what it's worth and for what it gets, the money it it, it, it costs what it should cost. I just don't see ninety nine point nine percent of people having a use for it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. However, it's completely sold out in the UK and in most of the US. So it's because they only made my, 10. Well, that's the and thing. You've got one. one, how many did they make? <laughs> Two, how many people bought this thinking it was like a, an actual portable, like a Switch or something like that? Um, <laughs> which leads me on to my next point. I would love them to make an actual portable again because the, the, just from just from playing this, see if it was a bit chunkier at the back to accommodate like you're not maybe like steam deck level power you're not going to get ps5 level power and anything like that because it'd be about 50 grand but only the only thing that would get me tempted by it is if you were able to stream games from ps plus on it yeah but they will never do that because people just buy that instead of a ps5 and save 200 quid um so they'll never as as much as we did stories about them like we're saying oh we'll look into that it won't happen it won't be a thing because People just buy a PlayStation Plus subscription and that instead of a PS5, um, it won't happen. So um, that's the only thing that would get me into it. I don't, I don't, I don't see the point in um, just it just being remote play only because I can do that already. If if it was if it added extra um, an extra thing that let me actually play PS Plus stuff in bed or whatever without having to have my PlayStation Five on downstairs, then I'd be up for it. Yeah, um, I'm curious if you're a, if you're listening to, listening to this good pod and you either have or want a portal, tell us why. Um, what do you think about it generally? What would you like to see from an actual PlayStation uh, portable handheld situation? And then we'll, uh, we'll randomly pick one winner, and Jordan will send you his uh, PlayStation portal. I certainly um, won't, mate. I've got squad building challenges to do. I've got squad battles matches to complete. I won a game of the week, Chris. I won a game of the weekend league on this thing. So the 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 delay is, is is very good. It's a good. It's a good week. It's a good week. I'm good I'm, I'm dipping out. If you, I'm trying my very very best, but live it's, it's another live service in it, and I'm just I, I yeah. can't. I'm I'm losing. I'm losing track. Losing. It's my live service. It's the only one I do really. Um. Yeah. So uh, and even me, Johnny FIFA. It's got to the point where it was Sunday night there, and I was like, oh, I'm away to London tomorrow. Can I be bothered sitting and playing 20 games of the weekend league? And I just didn't bother. And then the next day, I was like, okay. Which is, is that's exactly how it breaks. As soon as you miss one of your appointments and you don't care about yes, it, that's the, the spell has it been breaks. broken. Um, speaking of, very briefly, I was in London and had some of the worst train experiences of my life. Avanti West Coast, you're a shower of bastard. <laughs> you're incompetent to the point of parody. Uh, you shouldn't be allowed to run your company. I hope you all go out of business. Um, so I'll, this, I'll is VGC, but, this, is, this, is, this is VGC's stance on Avanti West Coast. Useless. Um, well, for, for, for balance, I went up to Glasgow recently, uh, also on West Coast Avanti, and I've got to say, better than LNER. 
So that's, that's my, that's my, my dream back. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's good. For, for I am comp- saying it's better than LNER. Mm. Yeah, my my train back was fine. However, the train there. <laughs> <laughs> leave glasgow and it's like okay you're going to leave glasgow and when you get to crew you're going to swap trains and then that takes you straight through to london euston you'll be there for the back at eight i'll leave at about three o'clock first of all get to central the place is packed there's no no one ever queues properly we are british we we voted to stay british so we should know how to queue no one can fucking queue to save their life then when we get on the train i have a seat seats booked and i know exactly where i'm sitting i'm sitting somewhere with a laptop so i can sit and write call of duty guides all the way down to london because i'm a sad sad man um someone's sitting in my seat and i say to them oh that's my seat and they're like oh there's nothing on the wee like the little uh screen that shows like is this seat available it's just blank and i show them my ticket and i'm like no this is actually my seat and they go oh okay then i was like no 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 this is my seat there are seats other there are seats elsewhere on this train but this is actually my seat don't act as if i'm inconveniencing you first of all you sat down there about two fucking seconds ago it's not as if you've been sitting here since aberdeen that was bad enough and then um we get uh somewhere in england some poxy smelly brexit town and uh they go oh uh this train's broke uh we need to get you on another one get on another train to some other place and then it, <laughs> it comes over the tannoy and it's like um this train's actually turning around and going back to glasgow so if you want to get to london uh, get off the train i only hear this because someone else says it to me because it's so quiet it's like if you want to get to london get off this train and go to another platform so at this point i'm pish and sweat the the guides are half done because i cannot sit anywhere on my laptop and then when i get on this train the the snoringest smelliest man is sitting next to me and uh, i eventually get into london at one minute past midnight avanti west coast shower of bastards in in their defense i would say that the people queuing wasn't their fault the smelly man wasn't their fault um i'll fault them for not displaying the the seat reservations that sometimes does happen and obviously the faulty train was was clearly the main issue there um i I would strike them down for about 50 percent of the ailments you uh are accusing them of Mm. Mm, I, still not I, I op- still you, not optimal conditions for for public travel but um regardless i knew you would take their side i knew you're always the man that takes the side always, of the big corporation I'm always a big the train bootlicker um yeah it was in <laughs> london pocket of big train, big train. <laughs> chew and indeed chew uh, yeah i was in london i can tell you why next week um but it was i mean it was london it was rainy it's, it's i had an andos that was decent that's the highlight of my trip that's not true i can tell you about the highlight of my trip next week chris tell me about this big stupid atari you've got you mean this big stupid atari oh here we go can we fit it in the frame there it is um very nice it's all right i mean like like, just just for (laughs) just just for for um full kind of clarification for those who don't know me i'm very much a retro man um I, that's you know that's my thing I can't, is, is I retro, can't believe it. retro video games i'm also a big atari fan some people's retro love goes as far back as like playstation or snes or even nes but i'll go all the way back to atari because that was like my dad had an atari before i was born so that was like one of the first things i played so um i've still got our kind of six switch atari 2600 here so I'm, I'm, i love atari this is very much for people like me and nobody else it, it's it's it literally is a modern Atari twenty six hundred with an HDMI out. Um, so when you turn it on, nothing happens unless there's a cartridge in it. And when you put a cartridge in it, which is a great thing, it plays old cartridges. So I've got these games from like forty years old. I've got like Space Invaders on the Atari, and 
mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back on Atari. Oh, nice. Um, the, the worst port of Pac-Man imaginable on Atari. Um, <laughs> those all work on it, which is, so there's some kind of magical about a game that's like older than me, like suddenly working like on something that's not out yet. It's amazing. Um, but it's playing an Atari game and that's it. There's no, it's running on emulation, but you can't bring up a menu for uh, like to fix, to put a filter on it or to save your state or to do any of the stuff you would expect from an emulator these days um, because it's it's so stubborn that it wants to pretend it's like a, an Atari 2600. So it's like, it's, if you've got like loads of old Atari cartridges in the loft, brilliant, but in otherwise you're better with something like Atari 50 because that at least puts everything in context and says here is why you should give a shit about this game because this is what it meant blah 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 blah. now you just get like a cartridge with 10 games on it and they're all just blocks and if you're like a modern player you're like this is all just blocks this is shit um without the context it's like it it assumes prior knowledge basically so it's fine but it's it's a very 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 niche much like the playstation portal but with a far fairer three out of five review Uh, can the Atari play Bloodborne you fucking bastard uh, <laughs> Ethan we spoke about it earlier in the show uh, tell us more about uh, Ethan Lawrence's Big Boat Bonanza uh, that's his name as well uh, yeah uh, this was something that I um, I shot last year while also doing Horrible Histories it was a very busy time of my life um, but yeah Boat Story it's a drama uh, for BBC One uh, it's two brothers productions who are the people behind uh, The Tourist uh, oh, if anyone okay. watched that uh, yeah, as I mean, I pretty much covered it at the beginning. Uh, Daisy Haggard and Patterson Joseph in the lead. Uh, I'm also hanging around at the back there, uh, as per. <laughs> uh, but it's, I've seen episodes one and two. It is, I will pre warn people, it's quite weird and extremely graphic. Hell yeah. Uh, I have no idea how the BBC One audience are going to react to it. Uh, but we, <laughs> we will see. <laughs> you know, people turn up for Two Brothers stuff, so we'll see. But I, I think it's absolutely, well, based on one and two. I think it's brilliant. Are you, it's, are you involved in any of the graphic stuff, or do you do you discover the graphic stuff? I'm not going to say that oh, would be a spoiler, Chris Scullion. What are, what are yeah, rat. I shan't be drawn on it. Okay. I shan't be drawn. I suppose. I suppose we're going to have to tune in to see, aren't we? Make sure my aerial's pointing in the right direction. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. set up your VCR. <laughs> I look forward to getting a very threatening uh, letter from the license fee people saying that you don't have a license fee. Why are you watching this program? They'll be like, I know, mate. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, I text the star. Um, That's fine. Uh, You're only stealing food from my children's mouth. That's fine. No, nah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> at, at any point, do you come in and uh, warn people that you're going to give them the long arm of the law? Uh, yeah, at least I think four or five times an episode I do that. Well, so, so much for not spoiling it. Um, <laughs> I'm a journalist, mate. I get to the heart of the situation. I ask the questions. That the <laughs> yeah, not like you, know. Scully. His cat, his cat, his cat, his catchphrase is "Don't eat those beans." <laughs> <laughs> Ethan scenes, been a the only ones that, <laughs> Ethan scenes were the only ones that were filmed in front of a live studio audience, so every time he says that, everyone goes, Aah! Like I said, it's very weird, very jarring. Everyone in the audience is nudging each other, so they shag those beans. <laughs> That's the joke. Oh, it's, well, it's funny because he violated Hines. What time can we watch your bean shagging exploits? Uh, so the first episode comes out on uh, this Sunday, which is the 19th? Of November. Correct. Uh, why are you asking me? I don't choose. As the yeah. ni- as the nineteenth, yeah, Sunday the nineteenth. Remember, yeah, Sunday the nineteenth. That's nine p.m. on BBC One, and then episode two comes out 
Monday, uh, 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. BBC One. Uh, and then it will keep doing that for three weeks. Uh, in addition, it will drop on the iPlayer in its entirety, I think, uh, day and date uh, mm. of the 19th. So if you you know, if you don't fancy waiting, if you're more of a, a binge kind of character, uh, you can uh, you can watch it that way as well. well uh, so, yeah, very exciting. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to promote it uh, without being too mean to me. Mate, we just called you a binge shagger for most of it, so <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Um you can expect a full review on VGC. Chris will be on that, doing it episode by episode, full breakdowns, a full special podcast, um, talking boats, um, which I'm looking forward to. Um, coming talking soon. Boats. Another great ACAST production. Um, can I say any more for any more this week? Um, yeah, I've got about 20 minutes worth of um, Evercade discussion, if you would like to so hear do. that let's all just sit and listen to okay, it, okay let's let's just listen so basically as i'll set up the the new evercade um spin-off handhelds the um super pocket they're coming out soon um, oh look at that very nice there's one there's one that's got uh, title games on it and one that's got capcom games on it um mm-hmm. and then there's a cartridge slot in the back for evercade cartridges so people might not be familiar with evercade and the like so um i had a chat with sean cleaver who's the managing kind of director of evercade and had a chat about it while trying my very best not to make it sound like an advert. Um, so I have provided 20 minutes of audio, roughly, which will now be bolted onto the end of this podcast in a haphazard manner so that uh, people curious about uh, the retro scene may listen and people who aren't interested can flick me the Vicky V's and uh, <laughs> put it off now. But um, I hope you stick around because it's a nice wee chat. Flicking someone the Vicky, I've not heard that in, in a wee while. I, I, I like it. There's something good about that, although it's, it feels a bit fucking, it feels a bit Brexit, it feels a bit West Ham. And, and, and also, this is much more and also that means like peace in some places as well. So like people do mm. it in like, I don't want to say Japan because I still, I don't, I think Japan still do peace the other way around, but I think like doing it like that actually still counts as peace in some places. I'm just not sure where. Peace and love. I'm warning you with peace and love. No more fan mail. Um, okay, let's get out of here. We've got places to be. Um, I've got uh, boats to go and write about, and uh, I've got a very, 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 very briefly. Um, I uh, went to a gashapon shop in London and got this little Kirby. Who he's a car. This is a video. This is oh, a video yeah, feature. Kirby, can you see that? Car. Yeah, he's like he's, he's eating, a little yeah, car. He certainly he's is a car. car. Def- I can yeah. confirm that's a car. Thank you, thank you, journalist, for confirming. That is indeed a car. You can send comments, questions, and concerns to podcast at videogameschronicle.com. I sat and talked to the Second Wing Gang, aka Yatsi himself. It's on YouTube. It's also on this podcast feed. That was good fun. They it was a very, absolutely... very good interview. I listened Thank to it before you. we came on today. I appreciate it. He had his wee dog underneath. He was talking the entire time, like just rubbing his wee dog. And I was like, okay, I respect him. He's a respectable man. Not his 17 years of work, just the fact that he has a dog. Um, check that out on YouTube. Uh, go and check out the second one, guys. Although they don't fucking need it at this point. They're making about a billion pound a month on Patreon. So good job, Gamels Group. Absolute belter there. Um, VGC underscore news on TikTok. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan Medler. Follow Chris on Twitter at Skelly1888. Follow Ethan on Twitter at uh, Conservatives. So we will be back next week with uh, what I was down in London doing. Uh, thank you to Grant Kirkhope for the VGC podcast theme. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Say goodbye, Ethan. At Ethan D. Lawrence, boat story. <laughs> boat story, boat story, boat story. Stick around for our extended interview and we will see you next week.
Um, I am here with Sean Cleaver, the marketing manager at Blaze Entertainment. Sean, thank you very much for coming on the VGC uh, podcast, yeah. even though, let's face it, you're just here to punt some stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I, I, I might be a familiar face to a very, very small niche of people, but I've gone from reviewing stuff to plugging stuff, as we all do from time to time in this industry. Absolutely. The vast majority of us like ditch the journalism game at some point and move on to the, <laughs> the, the PR game, which... um. Yeah, no, I've, I've not made the jump yet. How are you, how are you finding that? Do you enjoy it? Oh, yeah, no, there's um, there's a lot of transferable skills, I think, in the the creative aspects of what you do with writing and what you find about the games and the way that you interact with them, that you kind of did the same when you're marketing them and doing PR for them as well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of ability to apply yourself creatively to what you do, which is what we kind of always did from journalism and writing and yeah. critique and anything of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are here today to um, discuss the Hyper Megatech Super Pocket, um, which almost sounds like <laughs> a Street Fighter name. Um, there are two of those, and anyone watching on the video podcast, I'm now holding them up to prove that I have yeah, actually... As am I. Oh, as, I, as I, I came prepared, of course. Both both Jewel Fist and um, these are a Capcom <laughs> edition with, I believe, 12 games on it, and a Taito edition with 18 games on it. Um, yeah. These obviously the title ones got like Space Invaders, Bubble Bobble, New Zealand Story, that sort of thing. And the Capcom ones got your Street Fighters, your Final Fights, your Mega Mans. Um, well, one of each, not <laughs> multiple ones. Um, yeah. What was the thinking behind releasing these kind of standalone handhelds? Well, we've done quite a lot of work over the last uh, four or five years in the retro gaming space from Atari to Evercade to everything else uh, that we've produced. And our focus has always been on physical and recreating that physical classic gaming experiences we've done with. Evercade. And what we found as well is that there's a a space in the market effectively for these kind of smaller devices that have what people remember and what people like as built-in games, but also have that curation of the odd thing that you maybe didn't know, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, you'll find a little bit more of on the Taito Super Pocket and you probably will do the Capcom one. But there's there's an element of that being a market that's kind of been unaddressed for a while. There's a lot of um, 30 to 40 pound dollar devices that exist that are one or two games of a familiar franchise. And that's about it until you get to effectively what Evercade is at about a hundred pounds. So yeah. we knew there was a, a space in the middle where we could bring what's missing from those sm- uh, smaller and lower end of the market devices with the quality that we've been able to produce on Evercade and with the stuff that it's that old conversation, isn't it? When you get home from the arcade and you play a game and it's like, Oh, it's not like the arcade version. Mm. And we, we basically said, well, we can do that now. Yeah. So let's, let's bring it in at this point. Yeah. So is that, are you kind of basically targeting, excuse me, a completely different audience to Evercade then, which is why it's it's a different brand instead of calling it like the Evercade go or the Evercade pocket or something like that. Are you like targeting a completely different audience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things with retro gaming, and I mean, as you know, being a, a very keen um, historian around retro games, is that there is various different niches of various different people who mm-hmm. like various different things. Um, as we said, Evercade's mission being more about the physical and the experience and the nostalgia that we used to have for that has become its own kind of behemoth and ecosystem now. So to then introduce something completely different in that space kind of goes against what that brand does, what it kind of stands for, and the, and the audience is curated. And that's not to say that any of these products are not available for anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody can pick up a Super Pocket, everybody can pick up an Evercade, and the two will eventually then diagram into each other for some people. Yeah. But the main point of it was 
there's a lot of people who like retro games, love retro games, or certainly arcade games, especially that will mm-hmm. always have the memories of Street Fighter 2 and, and various different titles like that, but just won't have the time, the effort, the ability, or the care to really invest in a more expensive solution, a quick to play solution, or or anything that involves collecting a lot more different things. So having something that's sort of like in your hand, no fuss, no drama, kind of became its own brand of its own making, really. It became its necessity for it to be its own thing so that the message doesn't cross and dilute. And we're able to bring our expertise then to retro gaming in general and not just we can do one thing, we can do this thing. Yeah, um, this is like uh, the, the first of my annoying questions. Um, <laughs> it, it, obviously, if if the the super pocket is aimed at, uh, I always say ca- I hate the word casual. So like less. Kind I, of, I have a different term okay, for you. Go, on go that, for it. It's called short term play. Um, oh yes, well, it's very buzzword. It's very buzzword. It's, it's the thing. It is. It is a dirty word, casual, and it's it's not about that because when we think about casual games and mobile games, especially, is described to this a lot. What you're actually talking about is being able to enjoy a game, fulfilled in that game for a very short period of time, like a commute, like on the sofa or anything else, and it could be anything up to. 20 minutes to an hour and that's not casual because people are playing these regularly and as we've seen from all the stats that we get from yuki they're some of the most diverse in uh, who plays them and how they're played mm-hmm. and it's not really casual it's just a shorter form of gaming yeah yeah absolutely um but but essentially so these super pockets they, will they have stuff like firmware updates or is that stuff that's not kind of on the cards for uh, the, the plan is the audience well the plan is that we wanted to make them completely um able to be used as they are, which they are. Um, And there's always going to be, with any kind of mass production thing, something that we might be able to change or we might be able to improve the experience or we'll get feedback. So we've kind of built in a system much like the original Evercade had, which was uh, you connect it via USB to your computer, you download and install it, and it will just flash up the new stuff in there, and that'll be fine. And it'll be mainly for very essential bugs and fixes or something, you know, that's that's, that's cropped up you know, that we've missed in anything. But can I just, can I just make, it, can I make one request just as an absolute yes. idea? Um, it's, it's, and it's to be very niche because I'm, I'm probably, there's probably not a lot of people who do this, but I do. Um, when I was playing Street Fighter, when I, every time I've ever played Street Fighter on a console, I've always mapped the, the strong buttons to like the, mm. the, the face buttons. So the, the option just to, reassign my controls would be nice but i appreciate that um, yeah i mean it's, for, one, it's for, one of for the a... things yeah it's one of the things we looked at and we decided not to bring initially to this and i don't think we've got any plans to bring it but we'll of course get feedback of it's not the buttons i remember and it's not the way because yeah. you know the form factor changes and stuff like that i mean one of our main points on those kind of things is can you hit hadouken easily the answer is normally yes even mm. in hyper fighting which is i think the hardest street fighter to see yeah. that there is um but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that we didn't really intend to bring it. And Street Fighter was probably the only game built into any of these devices that really has more than two or three yeah. controls. Uh, it might be one of those things that maybe we, we bring a couple of like presets or something like that if we've got the ability to. Um, it's not currently planned, but yeah. you know, with feedback and everything else, and if the call for it is large, then it's certainly something we'll, we'll look at and investigate. Cool. Um... Obviously, Hyper Megatech is is the brand, um, and mm. Super Pocket is a product in this brand. Does that mean we can expect more Hyper Megatech stuff in the future? 
unequivocally yes. Okay. And will that <laughs> as, be more? As, super, is that more super pockets or like other stuff? Yeah, the plan is to do more super pockets in future. Um, we're hoping that as a brand, that becomes a bit of a line that we can attach to arcade and possibly some non-arcade things that come down the line. But as I said, with Evercade being its own thing and having such an identity launching this new brand with Hyper Megatech gives us the ability to kind of spread our wings out of that, come up with cool ideas that we've been able to do within Evercade and, mm-hmm. and keep it all within uh, a family where you could recognize the people behind it are the people that made Evercade or Blaze or Hyper Megatech. And then that becomes synonymous, hopefully, with the quality of the emulation that we provide, the build quality that we provide for the value that we can um, list these products at. Yeah, cool. Um so obviously, if moving on to the Evercade side of things, you 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 had the Evercade and the Evercade versus the Evercade EXP. I always I always want to say EXP, even though it's clearly not what it's called. Um, that, well, everybody wants to say versus when it's technically VS was our internal code. Oh, really? It's, yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like we bros or brothers I suppose yeah I and mean, it's one of those things where we just chose the names that were just the most awkward to say in any particular <laughs> um, the next one could be the Evercade aluminium or aluminium um, so, but that's like so that's like three kind of major hardware releases in three years like is, is there a like how far does the roadmap go or are there going to be more iterations or is the kind of is the EXP um, kind of the, 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 the flagship for now uh, well, at the moment, the EXP is the flagship, and we'll always look at Evercade and what we can bring to that experience. So the VS being the, the primary way to play 1080p gaming on, on your TV through our cartridges, uh, the EXP being more handheld and uh, certainly very much iterated and improved handheld device compared to the original handheld. <laughs> There's always going to be room for more hardware, and one of the things that we know that the best way to get into um, any kind of ecosystem is that there's got to be new hardware. You know, and as we talk about modern consoles having a mid-cycle um, refresh. I mean, half of that is probably to just get a lot of those people that had missed or wanted to cross the streams from one console to another and bring them into their ecosystem. So at the same kind of time, there are plans for the next two to three years on um, software and hardware mm-hmm. uh, for and Hyper Megatech. Um, EXP is still going to be the primary certainly uh, because it is the core experience of which most people play uh, we discovered and it's going to you know potentially iterate maybe have special editions or anything else like that we're always keeping everything open uh, to what really people want out of our devices as opposed to what we can provide Um, but the more you launch hardware uh, the more people see it because people love the hardware you know when it comes to retro games unless you're doing something special like we're doing with uh remastering duke nukem one and two um it's very difficult to go hey we've got all of these games because everybody's got quite a various amounts of games we just have to sell the hardware and sell the package at the same time yeah um with the current arcade systems it seems pretty clear there's a kind of there's there's a uh a ceiling as to like the, what kind of systems it can it can emulate because obviously it seems like PlayStation is about as 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 far as it can go power wise. Um, is is there ever any kind of plan or desire to to kind of bump that up a bit so you can start getting PlayStation Two stuff or does that become tricky in terms of legally emulating these things as well? Not just in terms of power, but in terms of Sony going, hold on a minute. Well, I think there's a there's a there's a a, a trio of problems when it comes to going past um, the 32-bit systems. Um, we certainly will be bringing 
um, games from that era that are not uh, 32-bit, certainly looking at other options around that space of the consoles that were released at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's three real issues. One of them is, is the tech available to do that? Uh, and is it available at a price that you know can be mass produced to that point of view and actually have that kind of quality? I mean, a lot of devices out there at the moment are three to four hundred pounds, maybe one to two hundred pounds in uh, trying to emulate uh, PS2, GameCube, and a lot of that era stuff. Yeah. And even then, it's hit and miss about what's supported, what's not supported, given the volume of the library. Mm-hmm. Um, the other issue uh, is the size of those games and having a way to actually bring those uh, to. Uh, to any kind of console, really, because you're running into DVD drives. You're running into anything that can be up to four gigabytes in space, especially when you take video and music. And then finally, you've got the issue of rights. Uh, And that's not just the rights of BIOSes, the rights of the games, it's the rights of music. That's the rights of likenesses. It's the rights of brands and everything else that might be in there. And that depends on the license deals that were signed at the time, whether yeah. things need to be redone. I mean, obviously, we've just had a, a new RoboCop game, and you know, I, I think we could probably all imagine that there's going to be a lot of uh, issues with rights as to who gets paid for what at what point in that. Yeah. So you you do start straying onto harder territory, certainly for a third party like ourselves to go and license a lot of these games and be able to have a technological way to bring them. It's a lot easier for somebody who owns the games already outright, so, you know, can I be doing yeah. the uh, Metal Gear Solid collection? It's, it's obvious it's going to be easy for them to bring those games. Yeah. But yeah, from our side, it's, it makes it a little bit more tricky unless you're completely got everything that you need from a partner licensing-wise, as we can probably tell from the last 30, 40 years of games preservation. It doesn't really exist that yeah. well, does it? Um, speak, speaking of licensing and preservation, like, obviously... Like you say, a, a number of these games from the past had had licenses or, or kind of endorsements attached to them, and there've been some kind of Evercade titles that have had to be tweaked a bit um, to to remove those. Obviously, the, the Pico Collection had quite a few. I think it had like um, Barkley Shut Up and Jam became Hoops Shut Up and Jam, and yeah. Mike Mike Ditka was dropped from Power Football, and I think Brutal yeah. Sports Football became Baseball. Like, is there is, does a tiny piece of your heart break every time like so this has to be done? Because obviously the whole point is preservation. And on one hand, you, you want to make these games playable to the people mm. who remember them back in the day and maybe don't care if the name's changed. But on the other hand, like any kind of slight tweak to it is instantly not making it the original product. Is yeah. it a kind of tricky balance? It is a tricky balance. And I think certainly with the Evercade audience, there's an air of understanding of yeah. why that can't happen for, for a lot of things. And as you say, image rights, name rights and stuff like that will often crop up in a lot of these games. And the fact that um, a company like Pico has been able to bring back so many of these games without that licensing and, and have them working is it's actually a good testament to preservation. But, you know, yeah. the actual games themselves and the experience of them is still there. Um I wouldn't say it necessarily breaks my heart in, in any way, shape, or form, because it, what it does is it evokes that nostalgic tick in your brain where it just goes, oh, I do remember when it was that, and it was cool. But you also remember certainly 16-bit outside of name on the box. You're probably not going to see a very accurate representation of um, of Charles Barkley when you're actually playing the game, for example. <laughs> like that. It's more about the gameplay experience at the time. So you, you kind of get wrapped back into that uh, yeah. in a way as well. Um I mean, there's obviously some things that are locked behind licenses that, you know, we can't get or we struggle to get or we'll try and uh, get. And a lot of this, uh, when it comes to licenses, even for stuff that's licensed, is just 
right place, right time, not just for us to the publisher, but the publisher to us as well. Um, and yeah. if, if in their interest to do it. Yeah. So no shack for anytime soon. Um, I, possibly. Who knows? I mean, and that, <laughs> just that name, read it, read it, read it. Just read it. Basketball food. Here I was thinking you were going to shout shout out WWE games at me. Oh, no, that that's yeah. I know that's an odd <laughs> starter right away. There's there's absolutely no chance. Um. So there's like forty five. Although I, I, I don't know how many people would want like an LJN collection anyway, given the general. You would be surprised given the amount of. Um, Although I'd imagine, I'd imagine the LJN is the biggest non-starter anyway, considering every pretty much every game they released was licensed. So that, it, it is it is quite difficult to do stuff like that. But then that's also the other argument of preservation as well, which is you've got to preserve everything if you're going to preserve it. You can't just preserve the good stuff. And yeah. you know, LGN stuff has got a reputation for what it is. We published Sword of Sodan, um, which was an early title that EA originally published. And the Mega Drive version is consistently rated as uh, one of the poorer versions of that game. But there is fun to be had there and yeah. for people to play it. And you can't curate a collection or do these things without saying, well, here's, here's some of the things you probably don't remember, or here's the thing you probably rented and wish you could have taken back. But yeah. now's your opportunity to actually get into it, or now's the opportunity to understand a bit more about it with the hindsight of 30-plus years gaming or yeah. whatever it is that somebody has. I mean, you're talking to the biggest Night Trap fan on the planet, so you're preaching that they converted. Like they, they all I count. mean, Night yeah. Trap did the full one, three, uh, 180 of suddenly becoming cool because of it, you know. Yeah, and exactly. There are other games out there coming out that have got exactly the same treatment, so... Yeah. They all count. Um, yeah. Finally, like there's, I think there's 45 cartridges out just now. If that's, I don't know if that's the exact number. Yeah, um, we're going to hit at the end of this month, so the end of November, as we're speaking, 51. Excellent. Um, so that's uh, basically 51, I think, across all of our devices, uh, if you count bonus games built in stuff and not including the Super Pocket, there's yeah. well over 500 games in that whole ecosystem, which is a... Yeah. A far cry from the ten cartridges we started out three years ago. <laughs> That's a decent chunk. Um, how obviously I'm not expecting you to announce brand new, like unannounced things, but how like far ahead have have you got like planned for for unannounced stuff? Is it is there like are there deals done for like a long time in the future, or maybe six months in the future? What what, what does the kind of roadmap confirmed look like? Um, we kind of go at least one full year into the future with an air of, of another couple of years. So, for example, um, if we've got a collection where we have more than one collection, we'll try and spread them out over those yeah. those two-year periods so you're not overwhelmed with them within a short space of time. So there's always going to be a little hangover of a deal that we originally signed on when that game then comes out later. Um, but we always try to work a year, partly for our development cycle, production cycle, shipping cycle, forever with these things that we need to give a, a good amount of time for these things but also as well so that we can make sure that we've got something secure for the future um i mean i can say that we have i mean we've said publicly um i think about 90 percent of 2024 is signed sealed delivered or contracts in hand uh, mm-hmm. i think they're a good mix of what we like to always bring uh classic home console games that everybody loves um arcade greats, uh, indie gems that we find by helping the homebrew team bring itself up to a, a place where it can be physically published and, and enjoyed by a, a group of hungry people that want all new games. So there's definitely more of the same with the volume turned up a bit in, in 2024. And that's saying something given that we've got Duke Nukem coming out in, in less than a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, the, 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 finally, like, the, the, obviously everyone has the dream 
game they'd love to see on on something like this. And um, but I don't, I don't, I don't want you taking the easy way out by saying Nintendo stuff because we know Nintendo stuff will never happen and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, realistically, is there a title in your head that you would love to see on there that that in 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 some day in the future may actually be possible and isn't a, a a non-starter. Oh well, all of the Super Mario games. No, um, <laughs> I mean I'm always I'm always going to go to my go-to thing sort of outrun. Uh, you know, it's one of my favourite arcade games. It's one of the games I collect personally. So you yeah. know, I'd love to have some of those. Uh, I'd love to get some of the Bullfrog stuff um, if there is a way to get that in future and yeah. some of the um, early Codemasters races. Uh, I'd love to see more strategy uh, come to Evercade, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a particular game or anything that's that's getting more publishers on board that did a lot of stuff. And um, I also think I would quite like to bring more games that weren't necessarily known or big in Europe. So we, we managed to do that with the renovation collection, um, mm-hmm. where we had games like IRS, um, Soldis, um, El Viento, and and games that a lot of people loved and importers loved, but they they were never released in Europe. They were yeah. only released in the US and Japan. So our release was the first time those games have been officially released in any capacity in mm-hmm. Europe. So I'd love to be able to bring more games that were region-specific, even if they do or do not need translations into, into people. Because there's a... I mean, there's so many retro games. There's yeah. so many. And... You know, I, I would love to bring out run, but in the meantime, there's a lot more that I enjoy that I could bring. And I think everybody on our team has their own love from different generations, be it home computer, be it 16-bit, 32-bit. And even the fact that we can do games natively now where we're doing modern indie games that we can, um, engine-depending, bring to Evercade, yeah. um, it opens up the doors to a lot more possibilities. Awesome. That's a very nice way to end this conversation. So, Sean Cleaver... Marketing Manager at Blaze Entertainment TM. Thank you very much for coming on uh, the BBC Podcast. Thank you for having me. VGC, a video games podcast, is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.